The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Your brain might just help you learn something in more ways than one. Welcome to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Dr. Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist. He'll be your guide on this crazy exploration designed to bring life back to our existence. Can you become the element of change in an ever-changing world? Possibly, but you've got to listen on to find out. Now, here's the host of Absurd Psychology, Dr. Gary Bell. Welcome to Absurd Psychology. This is Dr. Gary Bell. You know, today we're going to take on a subject uh, about elderly care and the family conflicts that come into play and all of the dynamics about trying to instrument getting a, a, a relative or a, a parent or a grandparent into, let's say, a nursing home or an independent living situation. That time of life is enormously difficult. And I got to tell you, you know, just personally, I just lost my father this week. He was 83 years old. He lived a great life. He, his actual body or his heart outlived his body. Um, but, you know, it's a strange that that happened this week when I was uh, putting the show together. But the deal is he, he was 83, and once again, he lived a, a great life. Um, America and the world, the people around the world are aging. Uh, they are aging, and that means that we are living longer. And what the what it really does is it puts people that are turning 40, 50, 60 years old and even in their 30s into a very precarious position because their parents or some relatives end up be falling back into their care and they end up taking on a parental role of their own parent. Uh, and that includes finances, that includes choices, that includes medical, and it's basically uh, a full-time job. And it's very difficult on these people that are trying to prepare for their own uh, old age and, uh, you know, we're never guaranteed that we're going to live a long life, but some people just do it. And they do it, and uh, they could be healthy, unhealthy, they linger on forever. I mean, it, it can be all kinds of different situations. But having to navigate them into a, a, a situation where they have to depend on other people can be very difficult for people that are getting older because then they have to admit that their life is becoming less and less powerful. Um, you know, just in the United States... Uh, the proportion of Americans that are 65 and over compro uh, compromise about 13% of our population. But it's projected that it will be at least 20% in the next 25 and fewer than 25 years. And so, you know, old age and what we conceptualized as old age in the past is not the same. The people back in the... Uh, 20s even and which is which is you know 90 some years uh, ago uh, basically those folks would die in their 50s 50s and 60s and so nowadays it is amazing it is amazing how long that we have to prepare to live uh, and some people uh, it's social security is, is pushing itself out 
And so that means it's going to be hard. You know, people have to live longer to get Social Security. And that will be the case for years to come because as the funds dwindle, they're always going to have to push the age up. And uh, rightly so in some regards because people are just going on forever. Also, health care is improved. It's not improved across the board, but it has improved to the point where there are ways to keep people alive and have a quality of life. And by the way, you know, most people that live to be old age, even into their 80s, 90s, can actually function on their own. The vast majority of them can function on their own. They may need some help, but that a lot of them are very independent. However, some fall into health issues or mental issues where they cannot. And that's what this show is focusing on and, and the evaluation of those folks. So, you know, let's, let's just look at some facts about aging. You know, as with many stereotypes, the stereotypes about aging are often very inaccurate. Most older Americans live, as I said, independently. You know, but, but depression is, in older adults is less prevalent in younger adults, uh, oftentimes you are going to find that folks that are older are not depressed. They actually have a good philosophy, especially if they have a good health. However, uh, they do experience age-related changes that affect their lifestyle. Uh, you know, common uh, physical changes include hearing impairment, weakened vision, uh, probability of arthritis, hypertension heart disease, diabetes, osteoporosis. These are just a few. And the speed of, uh, of which this happens to them actually can go on for a long time because diabetes can be managed. Osteoporosis can be managed. Heart disease can be managed. All of these things, if they don't attack in a very quick way, can be managed. And they put the family at stake. So, you know, sometimes you have got to begin to have that dialogue about what are we going to do with our parent when they get in the situation where we cannot ha- or we are going to have to step in and take care of them or we're going to have to put them in a, in a place. You know, it, it does take older adults for a mental perspective, more time to encode, store, and retrieve information. The, the rate at which new information is learned can be slower among aging adults. Older adults often have a greater need for repetition of new information. And th- that's because their neurological paths are, are usually clogged with enormous amount of information. And it takes them a long time to process. Also, your neurological activity as you get older, if you don't have good health, will also deteriorate along with your body. Long-term memory is substantially changed in old age while short-term memory shows less age-related decline. And nowadays, old age is considered to be 65 years old. Now, that doesn't mean people aren't old as they get up to that age. I mean, obviously, you can get an AARP card at 50 years old. But the truth is most of the health-related things don't start clicking in. They may start in the 50s to some light degree, but oftentimes they don't really come in full fold until the 60s and the 70s. Wisdom also and creativity, especially for healthy adults, often continues through the very end of life. So if people use their brains, they oftentimes will have a healthier life. But uh, physical changes that take place, and these are things that you've got to be aware of, is uh, once again the hearing, once again visual, especially if they drive, amount of time it takes to respond to their environment. If they're not uh, responding to their environment, they're not safe. 
and the uh, proportion of older adults needing assistance with everyday activities increases with age 9% of people between 65 and 69 need personal assistance, while up to 50% of older Americans over 85 need assistance with everything, all activities. Top five causes of death is heart disease, cancer, uh, diseases relating to blood vessels that supply, that, uh, supply the brain, pneumonia, flu, and uh, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease. You know, it, this, once again, can be managed, but uh, sometimes the genetics of people is just too strong. So let's look at the impact this has on people who have to be providers. And, um, you know, it, what complicates matters is one adult... One adult child of an aging parent often bears the responsibility of the parent's care alone. And, and what factors play a part in determining who takes on the care of mom and dad have to be considered. You know, there's a gender bias in terms of who cares for an aging parent. Oftentimes, it is a woman. Oftentimes, it is the older child that ends up taking care of the, fact of the uh, parent. Another factor is who will take on the role uh, of the parent who is the best fit for the parent as far as their age, as far as their location, and as far as their state of health. Um, that has to be considered. And, you know, everybody has their own life. We all have our own life. And it's so hard to fit in suddenly a parent who absolutely needs our help. So we either have to pay for it or we have to do it ourselves or we do both and or we find an independent way also we if we're in a situation where we have to absorb uh, and take care of an elder adult or two then what we also have to do is consider the financial burden on us and we'll talk about that later the most important thing is as a family with all your siblings and survive and the parents the people that you may end up taking care of it is very important to talk about in advance, while everyone's healthy, how you will handle an aging parent and how you will handle them if they need care and what the indicators will be when they need care so that won't be any surprise when those decisions are made later on. You need to anticipate these decisions and choices as you don't want to do it in a crisis. No elder gets great care in a crisis situation. It's just not, it's, it, unless somebody has an enormous amount of money uh, it's not a good idea to do it at the last minute. It is a life changer. It's something you absolutely have to prepare for. So, you know, you have to uh, pick a conversation when your parent is still functional. And that conversation is usually in the early 60s and up to the 70s. You want to, to have a meaningful family dialogue, and that may include people on the phone. Also, Support comes in many shapes. So if one person is elected to be the primary caregiver for, for a parent, the siblings should think about how they can provide indirect support, whether it's pitching in from paperwork, financial management, or in-person help, uh, taking them to the doctors. Everybody should be able to pitch in. It's unfortunate, but many families will look at the one provider, the person that steps up and says, I'll do it, and they just assume they're going to do everything and they don't assist. And that's just not right. The parent is abandoned, and that's not a good thing. And I don't think they would have abandoned you. Um, some would. But, you know, the bottom line is the right thing to do is to try to step up and share the responsibilities. And once again, that could be as simple as groceries, taking them to the doctor, 
everybody should pitch in so one person isn't burdened by the whole thing. However, the, the, the center of gravity of this issue is usually one person. You know, the number of people taking care of an aging parent has soared in the past 15 years. Nearly 10 million adult children over age 50 now care for an aging parent. In, in 1994, only 3% of men and 9% of women helped basic care for a parent. That, that's is 20 years ago. Just amazing. You know, if, if help isn't forthcoming, there are other options. Um, you know, what you have to do, and this happens a lot, where nobody will step up and help, um, we have to look at other places, and that's called a nursing home or a independent living facility or hiring a caregiver. And once you get into that situation, somebody has got to step in financially and figure out how to make it happen on the adult's income and then find out how to supplant it if you have to. And we'll talk about that later, too. You know, the other thing about taking care of an elder is you have to remember that it is not about you. It is about them. It may feel like it's about you because it's encroached so much on your life. But if you're going to take responsibility for an older adult, you need to take responsibility and step up to the fact that you have volunteered to do that and not become a victim. If you're going to use your aging parent as a victim theme for yourself, you're just going to work yourself into an enormous depression and likely find yourself alienated from every human being that you've ever come in contact, including your own children. You know, the deal is it has to be a happy task. And it can be a happy task if you take it on gladly. You know, there's a lot of wisdom that can come and a lot of positives that can come with caregiving for an elderly parent. There could be a bonding experience where dialogues happen that never have happened before, not even in childhood. There could be a time when there's perspective on issues that you've resented and didn't have all the input you needed to assimilate the information. So, you know, the deal is, it's extremely important to understand that when you're being a caregiver, it's actually a giving experience for you. Now, here's what the deal is. Family tensions happen during this pocket of time Uh, when you're negotiating caregiving and also when you're having to do caregiving. You know, this is why sibling tensions surface as as you're taking care of a parent. The the parent, there is no time to understand when they're going to die. And so it is like a hopelessness. And that's sad to say, but it's like a hopelessness of this will never end. And if it's looked at in that way, it's going to be a very long haul for everybody The other thing is, uh, consciously or or, or, uh, unconsciously, needs arise for love, approval, being seen as important, competent as a sibling. And when you're taking care of somebody and taking care of a parent, uh, sometimes that's few and far between. Sometimes people just don't step up. Brothers, sisters, family, they don't give you the support that you need. As a matter of fact, they become critical. and, And that can be extremely difficult for someone. So it's important, and I get this in counseling, and the reason I brought this topic forward is because in counseling, I have a lot of people that give care to their adult parents and uh, and relatives, and it can be a v- big struggle for them because they are challenged with a sense of feeling trapped. So to, have, to help your family navigate through this taking caregiving situation, think about, talk about, family history and dynamics and how they may affect your caregiving. 
when you get together with your families, you know, everybody slips into their old roles. Well, maybe one was the responsible one, one was the social one, one was helpless one. But do these rules define you today? And more importantly, can you take a fresh look at who your siblings are now in the context of how these roles and assumptions can affect care for your parent? Now you're actually having an adult dialogue with your parent, and that's critical. Consider that care for a parent is a, is, is a shared responsibility. You know, a key concern is who will be the primary provider? That discussion amongst you has to take place, and it's not a fast decision, and it's not one you want to just instantly make. It's one you want to process, and you want to talk to your own support system before you get into that, because maybe your spouse is not as uh, loving as you are. Maybe they don't have the same concept of how old age is going to be uh, for your parent, and maybe they don't foresee that themselves playing a major role. That can cause a lot of dynamic issues between you and your spouse and you and your family. So, you know, to help each other reach the goal of effective uh, shared decision-making as a family, you, when you have a meeting, you want to set an agenda and keep on it. You also want to share your feelings with siblings instead of making accusations. And that means simply state your feelings and your fears. Listen and respect the opinions of all participants because everybody has their own perspective and make sure everybody has time to speak. And I know you're brothers and sisters, but you can't just play the roles you've played in the past. You have to become good listeners and good talkers. And as time goes by, use email, online uh, sharing tools, conference calling, anything you can to agree to do to be able to help your parents' condition. And that includes going to a doctor, social worker, you know, a geriatric care manager. So these tools are often extremely helpful. We're going to go on and we're going to discuss financial consequences of caregiving. So I hope you will listen and come back. your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Dr. Gary Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist in Southern California, but he is here to help you no matter where you are. Visit drgbmft.com. You can schedule an appointment with Dr. Bell, and many major health insurance plans are accepted. Call or text Dr. Bell today at 951-818-7856 or visit drgbmft.com. Dr. Bell could help you take back your life in four to eight carefully constructed sessions. Stop coping and start living in the now. Call 951-818-7856 or visit drgbmft.com today. Are you good at leading yourself? In order to be more effective leaders in business, as managers, or in any organization, you've got to start by being good at self-leadership. On Leadership Takeoff, host Mo Glenner and his guests bring you the tools to help you lead yourself and your team to truly become the pilot in command. You need to tune in to Leadership Takeoff, live every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Because the sky is not the limit. It's only the beginning. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com 
You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it'll take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back. This is Dr. Gary Bell. Okay, we're talking about elderly care and preparing for the situation if you have to do elderly care. I know this doesn't sound like an exciting topic, but it is a confusing and a, com- and a very uh, uh, complex topic that has to be navigated. And so I think it's extremely important to uh, take this on. I got to tell you, uh, once again, my father passed and, and just this week. And, and the deal was our family, you know, my sister especially that took care of him and was the main provider, she, she did so much work for, to keep him going and stayed positive. I was so proud of her. But, you know, truthfully, it's a whole family that has to pitch in and do the job. So, you know, deal is for people that are, wondering whether they want to care give the first thing you want to do before you agree to do it is spend some time with your elderly adult parent whoever it is that you're going to take care of spend a weekend with them spend some time as a sole caregiver and find out what that world is like that is a critical role for you to do to see if you can even do it because you may not have the patience or the desire or the wisdom to want to do it and you may not have all the thoughts of what needs to happen when you're giving care the other thing is you have to be very honest with yourself about your finances if you're not in a good financial position it's not a good idea to do long-term caregiving in your home unless you are accepting the fact that things are going to take place that uh, especially if you're you're a parent or the adult that you're taking care of was not suited financially and was not set financially if if they did not have the resources or don't have the resources it's going to be a burden on you there's going to be surprises there's going to be things that come forward and if you don't have good finances and end up in the role of caregiving, what you want to do is negotiate a contract, and I mean a contract, with your siblings as to what they will do to support. Um, because you don't want to be the net financially to carry the burden of your, uh, of y- your, your aging adult or, or parent. You also want to have the communication lines open. You want to be very open to your family and you want to invite them. You want to accept them. You want to ask for help. And you want to reach out to them and keep that dialogue going. If you're going to be angry all the time with your siblings and disappointed, and believe me, they will disappoint you, um, you are not going to get any help. What you've got to do is not box yourself away from people and isolate yourself into the position of just being the sole caregiver of your parent or an elderly adult. That can be a very trapping, uh, feel, trapped feeling. It can cause a lot of anxiety and depression. You know, y- you also uh, really don't want to help if you don't have the emotional balance to help. There's a lot of people that want to help, 
but they just don't have the mental facilities that uh, they are have mental issues and they're not in a situation where they can help maybe they made a living maybe they raised children you know maybe they've done a few things correctly but also maybe they have alcohol problems or drug problems or maybe other issues in their life that they haven't managed very well and it's taken its toll on them and if they don't maybe they have depression you know maybe they have enormous anxiety maybe they have a bipolar disorder all these things or even a personality disorder these things can be extremely destructive to an elder and actually can exit their life uh, very quickly just having to be around someone with that kind of a disposition it's something that if you're going to be a caregiver you've got to manage it you have to be humble enough to manage your own issues to be the caregiver also you want to seek advice you want to seek advice from social workers care managers family anybody that's interfaced with elderly care and so you know the the other thing is before your parent gets into that role where they have to be taken care of you really 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 want to get power of attorney uh, with someone, whether it's one, you know, it's got to be somebody in the family, hopefully, somebody has got to get power of attorney over that adult so they can manage the finances. Now, here's some financial consequences of caregiving, and you want to think very carefully before quitting a job to help a parent. You want to gain time, you know, gaining time may be offset by, you know, your loss of income. That loss of income may be detrimental to you. And also, it may damage your retirement savings. So, if you leave work, what are the odds of finding work in the future? And would your job still skill still be attractive to prospective employers if you don't work for several years? So, you want to think about that. And, and would you lose other benefits if you left your job? You know, that's something you've got to consider. Also, you want to consider a caregiving budget if you're thinking about doing caregiving, making a lifestyle decision with financial consequences, but put together a comprehensive look at what you are spending on caregiving and make a companion list of your parents' resources and how they might be better used to support caregiving activities. Usually, it is best that the caregiver is the one that has the power of attorney and controls the finances because if they do that, then they can make quick decisions and have access to money that's needed. Also, you want to explore free or low-cost public benefits you know, there's several web websites out there that can provide help in identifying getting help with caregiving tasks. You know, you can check out like an elder care locator, a benefits uh, checklist service, an online locator, extensive, you know, it, there's extensive information at the National Association of uh, Area Agencies on Aging. Also, you want to learn about Medicare and Medicaid. Those are always the backbone. Maybe your parent does have, you know, a Blue Cross Blue Shield or something like that, but eventually it is very important that they may end up falling back on Medicare or Medicaid or have both. And so if you don't educate yourself on that and the drug plans that are available, especially the drug plans within uh, their insurance, you're going to do yourself a great disservice because those payments can be enormous. Medical cost on elderly care is the number one financial consequence of caregiving. And you really have to consider that and how they are taken care of. You need to understand the cost of keeping your parent in your home. You also need to consider professional help 
And that's like a geriatric care manager who can uh, put a plan together for you. And maybe that sounds expensive, but it may actually pay for itself. You also want to watch out for financial scams because the the elderly are totally targeted. Uh, It's a growth industry, as a matter of fact, and uh, especially in economic hard times, they're always looking for old people that have lots of money, making hasty, poor, and expensive financial decisions. Um, People at old age tend to be impatient. They want what they want, and they just pay for it, and they think that's what they're supposed to pay. You also... Make sure you have the conversation on legal power and you want to have the conversation with your family on the finances. Make your own retirement plan and stick to it if you're going to be in a financial care situation. Also, you need to understand options. You know, as your parent gets older, his or her care needs will change. And in most cases, it's more challenging as they get older. So you need to think about questions such as, does your parent need assistance throughout the day? Uh, Who's available to provide it? Is your parent's memory impaired? Which activities of daily living, such as food preparation, bathing, toileting, can your parent do independently? You know, if needed, what is your comfort level of providing personal care, such as bathing? You know, having to wipe your parent's ass is not exactly the funnest thing. Uh, You know, and, and... I will tell people this, and I tell them this in session. I, I think it's terrible. I probably shouldn't say it. But, you know, as people get older, and if I see they're not taking care of themselves, I ask them, you know, are, are you wanting your children to be wiping your ass? You know, or are you going to take care of yourself? You know, it's huge. It's, it's something to consider as you get older. You know, if you're not going to take care of yourself, you're not going to do those things for you. You're going to lose your privacy. You're going to lose your ability to drive. You're going to lose a whole lot of things if you don't take care of yourself as you get older. You also, you know, you need to think about evaluating your own health and taking care of your own health. Physical abilities, job, family, demands. These are things that you have to take care of if you're going to be a caregiver. And you are the source. So you need to take care of your own self. You know, you also need to explore and ask yourself the question, in-home care or adult day services. There are such things as adult day services, just like child care services. There's adult day services and transportation. Uh, they're available, you know, they can be available for your parent. You also need to ask yourself, can your parent get appropriate medical care in your community? Because that may not be the case. Maybe you're willing to be the caregiver, but you don't have the medical in your community to actually do it for them. So you need to explore options. You know, moving your parent into your home is certainly one, but you and your family want to consider living arrangements as well. And the type of housing you choose will largely depend on four factors. Your parents' care needs, their finances, the location of potential housing and proximity to family members, and services and support available in your parents' or your community if you're going to have them in your home. You know, living independently at home, most people prefer to remain in their own house. I know I would prefer to remain in my own home as I get older, but that may not be the case. So resources in the community such as meal delivery services, friendly visitors, housekeeping, home health aids, transportation, and other in-home assistance might provide enough support so your parent can remain in their own home and in familiar surroundings, you know, but the home has to be safe with good lighting because vision goes. Also, clear spaces, 
you know, uh, no stairs. Technical innovations such as like uh, pill dispensers, uh, movement monitors, webcams, those kind of things can be useful nowadays. You know, uh, a move to a smaller apartment or a condominium or a one-story house in their community might be feasible with help, you know, and, and, and people checking in. That's all they may need. And, and that's something you need to consider. You know, there's a, there's a newer option called naturally occurring retirement communities, which uh, generally is a group of older people who live in the same geographic area. Um, Services are provided to them, such as home repair, transportation, social and education activities. There's a fee to join, and the organization is usually directed by volunteers or even paid staff. You know, there's a growing movement of this as people are getting older. And once again, it's called the Naturally Occurring Retirement uh, uh, Communities. And these are uh, like villages for older people. Also, retirement communities are, are an awesome uh, option. You know, independent retirement communities can usually offer individual apartments in, in multi-unit setting with group meals, transportation, housekeeping, organized social activities. Residents are free to come and go and yet have the benefits of a larger group setting. And amenities and prices may vary from place to place, but some offer access to a nurse or a nurse practitioner. And as care needs increase, additional services like laundry, bathing can often be provided for a fee. So, you know, it's really good to visit these kind of communities. I know there's a, a, a few here that I, are around here in Corona, California, where I live. You know, continuing care retirement communities are another option. Um, they offer independent, assisted, skilled nursing facilities all in one location. And, and this is an awesome option because if a person's health deteriorates, a disruptive move uh, to a new community isn't necessary. These communities generally require a uh, substantial entry fee, but um, they are often paid with the sale of a home. So when your parent moves in with you, if living with the family is the best option for someone who needs care, there are several things that you want to uh, look at. And we talked about that, and that is finances. And I'm going to say this again, changes in lifestyle of yours, changes in your home. You know, you have to have space and a floor plan that is suitable for an older adult who may have mobility or vision problems. Also, some homes uh, need uh, special adaptations, you know, and and so you may have to put a wheelchair uh, ramp in your home, and you have to consider whether you're willing to do that. You know, there's also the change in your family's roles. Your children maybe end up being support system for you and your uh, elder adult. So here's a communication you're going to have if you're going to have it with elderly and, and this is the kind of dialogue that you want to frame up to them. You know, the first of all, uh, when you mention the idea of going in a nursing home, uh, you want to let them speak. You don't want to shut them down and you don't want to sell them, you know, some incredible idea of what life's going to be like. You want to let them speak because they're going to have lots of concerns and fears. You know, when an ill person brings up subjects that make you feel uncomfortable, it's natural to want to squelch the discussion and get defensive and, and rapidly change the subject. However, if you listen unselfishly and avoid responding with, uh, let's not get into that right now, or can't we discuss something more pleasant, or do you really think it's helpful dwelling on this topic, 
that tells them that their needs are not going to get met. That's going to tell them that they need to fear, that you're really not considering them. And they need to be a part of the decision. That doesn't mean they have to make the decision, but that means that they need to be a part of it. You know, also, when you communicate with someone about having to enter some kind of medical care as they get older, you need to know when to say, I don't know. You know, a lot of people get on this ego trip of having to make lots of decisions for an elderly adult, and they just tell them whatever they think. But if you don't know, say it. You know, whether the patient asks a spiritual or a theological question that catches you off guard and they want to know about the side effects of medication or how to make non, uh, you know, you don't want to be non-evasive. You just want to tell them, I don't know, if you don't know. You know, you don't want them to think that you don't care or you're hiding something and you definitely don't want to offer misinformation that would do more harm than good. So, I don't know is a huge thing when you are taking care of an elderly adult because they, as adults, are going to have lots of questions and have lots of concerns and they also have lots of wisdom. And so, they need to be a part of their own care. You know, don't hesitate to call in some kind of spiritual help either. If they're spiritual people, then you have to honor that. You may not be spiritual, but they are. And, and, and it's good to bring in people that are spiritual. It's natural to experience spiritual anxiety during a serious illness because you're thinking about death. It's also natural for this anxiety to lead to questions that caregivers might find difficult or even overwhelming. You know, if your loved one asks you, for instance, what's next, you know, uh, am I going to die? You know, why did God let this happen to me? These are tough questions, but sometimes they're best answered by somebody that's spiritual if they are spiritual. You may not have the answers. Also, it's important that if they cry, let their tears flow. I can't tell you how many people have told me, you know, their parent cries all the time. Well, it's okay. You know, crying is a release, it's a stress release, it's healthy to cry. A lot of people don't understand that uh, tears are a natural emotional release of emotions ranging from anger to sadness to fear, and it also can be therapeutic. It also can be uh, tears of happiness. You also, these are some things in your communication. You want to resist the urge to spout platitudes. You know, if your loved one is uncomfortable, upset, or worried, you might be tempted to utter or something like, everything will be okay. I don't know how you, I know how you feel, you know, uh, it's God's will or whatever, you know, those kind of pair, those kind of phrases are not going to fix problems. And so, you don't want to just shoot from the hip, you know, you just want to say, I understand. I hear what you're saying. Okay, so what you're telling me is this, that's good listening and that's what they need to have. Also, you want to respond constructively to anger because people, as they get older, get angry and it's a natural human emotion, and everybody has it. Chronically ill people are usually a bit grouchy. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. We're going to go through a whole lot of tools to assist you as far as how to handle that elderly adult care. Come back. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. 
Do you like what you're hearing on the show today? Dr. Gary Bell wants to help you no matter where you are. He's fast, efficient, effective, and has a no-bull approach to helping you in less than 10 sessions. If you're ready to change right now, drop everything and call or text Dr. Bell at 951-818-7856 or visit drgbmft.com today. You can also follow Dr. Bell on Twitter at drgbmft for some great insight and direction. Are you ready? Make that change. Pick up the phone or go to the site, 951-818-7856 or drgbmft.com. Remember, drgbmft.com. Are decisions at the leadership level determined by influences of external factors? Discover by tuning into From the Boardroom to the Bedroom, The Protocol Praxis with Suzanne Z. Pedro. Science reveals that decisions are made subconsciously based on emotions and learning which occurs before one is aware. So take a chance. Open the door. Reframe your critical decisions with proven successful strategies. The boardroom to the bedroom. Tune in every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it'll take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back to Absurd Psychology. It's Dr. Gary Bell. We're talking about elderly care. Now, you know, y- you want to have a really heart-to-heart dialogue on a, con- you know, a constant basis if you're doing elderly care. It's something that... It can happen in just moments in the evening or in the morning, but it's important to sit down and have heart-to-heart dialogue, even if the elderly person is somewhat nonverbal. If they have some way to assimilate what you're talking about, then that is important to continue that dialogue. I I know, um, as I spoke my father, as he passed away, he knew he was passing away, and he would have that dialogue with my sister on an ongoing basis and with us, and... uh, you know, it came down to the last three days, and he he could hear us, but he couldn't respond. And uh, you could tell by his breathing and by his hand, uh, you know, holding his hand, um, that he was hearing. And it was so important to have and continue to have a heart-to-heart dialogue. You know, it was important in the last day to just tell him, you know, it's time to go. You know, and I I told my father, Dad, it's it's time to go. It's it's time. And my sisters did the same thing. And we all did that, and, and we tried to comfort him and on on his perception. He was Catholic of what death would be, and reflect that back to him. Um, but the deal is, understanding how and why an illness is getting worse and more painful is intellectual, but experience it is very visceral and very emotional. The experience is what they're going through, and that means that they're not always going to be 
uh, very intellectual. They're going to be very emotional and they're going to be very scared and they're going to be angry and they're going to be going through all kinds of different needs and they may not be rational whatsoever. So it's really important to stay stable and anchor yourself and have an adult to adult, if you can, dialogue with them, but mostly heart to heart. And that means compassion, compassion for them. That doesn't mean sympathy. It means compassion. Okay, now there are some other independent options, you know, that are incredible that you need to think about as resources to assist you. One of them is home modification and what you can or cannot do with your home. Also, helpful objects like things that help with hearing or vision or uh, things that where they're having a dexterity issue or fixing up a bathroom in a way they can see, battery-operated lights, uh, you know, these are the type of things, you know, magnifying glass uh, can be extremely helpful to an elderly person. Um, you know, lighter items on the bookshelves where they can reach them, things that they want, that they need in their life that can be easily gotten to. Also, assistance with food. You know, if they're malnourished, um, it it can be extremely dangerous. Also, if they're forgetful and they turn on a stove or something like that, uh, that can kill people. So the deal is, is you want to be very... Uh, on top of the process of how are you going to feed this parent and how much independence are they going to have. Frozen meals for seniors can be extremely helpful in dietary and bring their uh, health back up. But also Meals on Wheels is a good resource. G- uh, another thing to think about is, um, is cleaning services. You know, th- many times they do not uh, help themselves or they do not do their environment very well and you need to keep their environment clean especially as they're getting older and more deteriorated and more susceptible to disease it's incredible the amount of bacteria that can build up in a room or a part of a house where they are responsible to take care of it you may have to get a cleaning service to help you may have to get someone to assist with carrying heavy items uh, especially if they have arthritis or osteoporosis or parkinson's you know, if their their house is becoming unruly or the place that they're living in is becoming unruly, you really want a cleaning crew to come out, you know, once every week or two. And uh, there's also a thing called Cleaning for Heroes, which uh, provides cl- free cleaning services to veterans. Uh, Council on Aging is another resource, and uh, The Maids is another resource of cleaning services. And these are organizations that can assist you. Also, transportation services. I, I can't tell you how much of a burden it is, especially if your parents independent, to have to go pick them up, take them to the doctor, go get the, you know, take them to the store, get them to the wherever they got to go, and that can that can be enormous burden. Social events, all this can be an enormous burden. So you want to see if there are uh, um, transportation services that can help you. Um, you can order uh, like groceries online and you can have them delivered. Uh, you know, you can look for an area agency on aging or mobile markets. These are places that may assist you. And uh, also making an arrangement with a private driver may be an option and you might find that or a volunteer driver from a senior citizen uh, center or any place where they advertise to assist elderly. Also, you may want to consider putting an uh, 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 um, putting them in a med cottage, and these are called like granny pods, and they are handicap accessible, freestanding unit that provides all the amenities of a home, 
bathroom, kitchen, electricity, water supply. These homes can be installed on your property and resemble a studio apartment. They cost about sixty-five to to uh, seventy-five thousands, depending on the amenities. And it's once again called a granny pod, and you put it on your property. Also, a geriatric care manager, and I mentioned this earlier. A geriatric care manager helps elderly adults shop for groceries, find local sources, resources, and uh, they they help with care decisions. And they can be an enormous help to a care provider. Also, adult daycare is just like a, a basic place where the adult goes for the whole day. And they spend the whole day there with people that are elderly and they talk and they make friends. And, and God only knows you know, all the activities that they could do. But their life is filled during those days where they're at adult daycare. Um, and that is a huge help. Also, assisted living is an enormous help. Um, and assisted living means that there's people there, it's in a facility, but they ha- they're independent. Okay, so when you're communicating a move to a care facility, you know, contrast this life with living in a, a good uh, assisted living center, whether it's a standalone building, one connected to a nursing home, or a family operation where only a few seniors live there. In any of these situations, seniors can thrive. Because they don't have the responsibility of keeping up a home. So they are relieved of the need to hire help, let the, let the house deteriorate. They, they have people around that should they need medical help or other assistance, they have choices of food, yeah. snacks with nutritional value, in most cases, good quality. And perhaps most importantly, they make new friends and have an abundance of activity to choose from. So, you know, this is nursing home. And that is not necessarily the place where you're going to die. It, it is a place where you can enjoy the rest of your life. Um, some people look for a home that they can live in until they die. Well, sometimes you have to make the choice of moving to a nursing home where you die. But it's still home, and it's a different type of home. But you can migrate your mind to that idea and actually enjoy it. Okay, so if you're going to talk to a parent about going into an elderly care situation... You want to plant the seed. Don't approach your parent as though you've already made the decision. What you want to do is just mention that there are options and they can make life easier and more fun. The next thing you want to do almost immediately while they're thinking about it is offer a tour of some locally assisted living centers and see if he or she is willing, but you know, don't push it. Drop the subject if necessary and wait for another day. Then what you want to do is wait and watch for a teachable moment. Did they fall, you know, and escape from not getting, you know, getting hurt? Use that as a springboard. You may want to wait a bit or immediately say something like, wow, that was close once you're feeling better. Maybe we could go look at the new assisted living center over by the church. You know, we'd both feel better if you had people around, you know, just go with your gut. But the deal is look for those moments where they're not doing well and make sure to bring that up as a reminder that this is why it would be safer for you to go to a facility. You know, again, don't push unless you consider this as an emergency. You know, you don't, if it's not an emergency, if it's not something that was a critical moment, then don't bring it up. But those ones that could have turned into a disaster, do bring it up. You know, it's hard to wait, but you, you have to do it. You know, you want to check with your friends or friends of your parents and see how they feel about it because likely 
they're going to be asking questions of other people, especially their friends and family about what if I go in a nursing home, what's it going to be like, and see if any live happily in assisted living centers nearby or if their parents do. Just just like your, you know, if they've had a good experience with their parents in a living center, your friends may offer you an idea of what the whole complication is like and what the whole situation is like and, and actually provide a friend for your, adult, you know, your parent or the adult person you're caring for to go in that facility. And that may be very inviting. You know, you can also, uh, if you don't know anyone, you can still take your parent to watch a group having fun playing cards or wee bowling show off, uh, you know, the social aspects of a good center because social aspects are huge. You also uh, want to keep, uh, keep it light and you don't want to force it. You want to tour more than one center if possible and ask your parent for input, big center or small, new or modern, old or cozy. It all depends on what their tastes are. And you want to try to match the facility to their tastes. You know, you also want to show interest in how much privacy, if you're going to introduce them to a facility, you want to talk about privacy that they have. Ask about bringing furniture from home, how much room there is. You know, take measuring tapes and visualize. And, and if you can see, you know, some, some rooms that are similar to your parents' rooms, that, that may excite them. Show excitement as you would if you were helping your parent move to a new apartment because that's what you're doing. And so it's critical for you to try to make it home for them. Also, you want to stress the safety aspects of a uh, care facility for the elderly. Stress the fact that there's no yard cleanup, but flowers can be tended to. There's, there's no need to call a plumber. There, there are plenty of things to do if people want, and there's plenty of freedom to be alone, but company when they desire it. And that's cool to have that all right there. Then wait. Let it all seek in. You know, if you want your parent to make the decision, you may have to wait for another uh, season, another time, but they're going to think about it and they're going to assimilate that information and they're going to, uh, they're going to process it. And if your family's close-knit, have a meeting with the parent at this point and tell them how much better the family would feel if they were making a move to a facility. And you want to enlist a family friend, a spiritual leader to chat with your parent and state the case of the, for the move. You know, third parties can make headway when family fails and third parties go a long way. And I've got to tell you, I've had these discussions uh, in family meetings with people and where I've been the third party and it's worked. It's worked enormously well. You also want to be sensitive to your family's feeling, your, your parents' feelings you know, leaving a home where they live for, with, a, with a life partner especially, they raise their kids, once had friends amongst neighbors, is emotionally difficult. And whittling down a lifetime of possessions is very hard. So you want to be kind and you want to be sensitive and try to make it about your parent and not about you because they're going to want to make the whole thing about this is because you don't want to take care of me. You don't want to do this and there's going to be a lot of blame involved. All right, that's our show. Absurd Psychology is next Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern. Our next show is Who Am I? Making Room in My Life for Me. That's a great show for people who are codependent. Love to hear from you and get your feedback. DRGBMFT at SBCGlobal.net or Twitter at DRGB. Remember, you know you're old if they have discontinued your blood type. That's Phyllis Diller. (laughs) 
This is from Leo Rosenberg. First you forget names, then you forget faces, then you forget to pull your zipper up, and then you forget to pull your zipper down. <laughs> That's about old age. This is Dr. Gary Bell. Thanks for joining us. I look forward to uh, talking to you guys next week. That's our show for this week. Please join Dr. Gary Bell for another edition of Absurd Psychology next Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now, go impress your friends and family with what you've learned today and have them tune in next week so they can be almost as smart as you. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.